Hey, I'm Pat B. Animalist is out today, but you're listening to The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. Leaping forward bionically. Forward in all directions, my friend. I feel the energy, the energy. John, if you will. Like Transformers in the house. You know, I'm just Voltron. Hold on. Sorry, I lost my head for a second there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat B. As I mentioned in the intro, Adam Willis is out uh, with a bit of sickness this week. But we have a full compliment in his stead. I'm looking around at the table at all these wonderful and well-informed faces. I look across to my homeboy who's filling in for my man, the Black Adam Willis. His name is Kaiser Soze. Yo, Pat, what up? How you doing, man? Coolin', man, coolin'. Didn't mean to throw you a curveball. Looked like you were fiddling with knobs and things. Oh, so okay, so I looked at the side of homeboy, and I see the always well-informed, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. I'm talking, of course, about Amy McCobb. Sup? Hey, understated as well, but so much comes across in so few words. I'm, I'm trying to bring that Dave Strider aesthetic today. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Now, mind you, I do, I do feel you coming with that, with that raw energy. You know, almost like it's war. Almost like raw is war. Why am I talking like this? Because you got to meet Ric Flair, and I'm jealous. I did. He wooed at me very gently. Oh, Sorry, we'll get the lowdown on that in a few. But as I turn to my left side, maybe even to the best side, I look at my man who is so good he doesn't need any fancy names, introductions to things like I'm giving him right now because I know he hates it. But I'm talking, of course, about just Johnny. Yo, left side. That's the uh, best side in the pants, right? Well, you play football, <laughs> left side, strong side. There you go. Left side! Anybody seen? <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm going deep with the references. I'll ease up because we dressed, have a lot to cover today. We're all dressed left. This is true. This is true. We all dressed to the left side. Some of us lean to the left. Okay, I'm looking across, and DJ Mikey Mike is conspicuously absent. Who am I looking at through the window instead there? It is Herb today. That is correct, my friend. That's my, uh, from what I understand, you will be joining us as a semi-permanent fixture, right? You know it, man. I'm right. going to be here. We're glad to be part of the team. Hey, glad to have Excellent you aboard, my friend. Excellent choice of tunes, by the way. I know. <laughs> I, just, wait, I, just, I just need to know, first of all, you didn't, like, take out Mike and the Kumite, did you? I, I just had to be part of the show, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. all right. It's all good. It's all good, baby. You are next. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Mashidoshi, he trained me to do <laughs> oh, too much. All right, we're going to jump right into it, because like I said, we have an action-packed show for you today. We have news, reviews, all types of good stuff. And it starts off with some actual, I mean, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of how shady business practices can be. And in entertainment, they can be just downright nasty. But, I mean, when you have no names, people use it quick with lawyers and things when, you know, right. someone tries to tread on that. Well, right. one of the biggest right now is in conflict. I'm talking, of course, oh, I can't say, of course, I haven't told the story yet. I'm talking about The Walking Dead. Now, the actual news story is Robert Kirkman has filed a lawsuit to stop, quote unquote, The Walking Dead health food restaurant from opening in New Jersey. Now, what's going on here is uh, beginning in January 2014, a family group of investors, the Theodorus, who applied for uh, Walking Dead trademarks. Not, for, not just for restaurants, for restaurants, for um, like eating utensils, plasticware, silverware, right. for cosmetics, uh, for clothing. Uh, basically, 11 different patent uh, trademarks mm. with the Walking Dead name. Now, the series creator Robert Kirkman has filed a lawsuit for unfair competition, for trademark dilution, and unfair trademark practices. Now, how old is the Walking Dead graphic novel series? Walking Pretty Dead? old. It's been around a while. Yeah, yeah. Are we talking like 10 years plus? Oh, it was absolutely. Like Over 10 right? years? At least, at least 10 years. Let's put it this way. Because yeah. uh, I have this thing where I really hate zombies. Uh-huh. But for some reason, if you leave me in a comic book shop for too long, I will gravitate toward picking up The Walking Dead and leaping through it. 
And I was definitely doing this about 10 years ago. And the TV show is in like the sixth season. So they, they've. So this, this is nothing new. Yeah, this is like it was out before this. Like these folks wanted to have this restaurant. Yeah, it's not a new name at all. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, but the thing is now, okay, now, hey, dig this. Robert Kirkman does own trademarks on it because of that. Like, he invented this years ago. The TV show's been on for years. AMC's been a partner for years. So they've had trademarks for a long time. The problem is the trademarks only extend to uh, the TV show, the comic, direct Ooh. merchandise related to those, and anything licensed out by AMC in those same realms. So also related to the TV show or by extension, the comic. So that means anything else is up for grabs if you just want to call it Walking Dead. They don't own those words. They don't own that name outside of That's the direct entertainment. Foul. Oh, no kidding, right? <laughs> you know, so you yeah. can't get like the Walking Dead, the chainsaw, Walking Dead, the flamethrower. Flamethrower, no, you cannot. Nice touch though. I like <laughs> even with the reference. <laughs> no, I'm thinking Walking Dead, the shoelaces, y'all. Or even better, Walking Dead the Antiseptic, you know, things that make sense. <laughs> the the biggest part of this is, this is currently in conflict because they have a legitimate case. Oh, Kirkman has a legitimate case, of course. Right. But they have a legitimate claim to say, we want to trademark these and have a restaurant. And we want to release uh, we want to release Cosmetics Walking Dead brand lipstick. I don't know what a zombie hue might be. Maybe like, maybe it's like a lip gloss that smells like rotting flesh. <laughs> but it's they're like, clearly or just... Or tastes like evil and voodoo. It's a pale green. Um, excuse me, it's the lipstick that tastes like evil and voodoo, that's, why are you biting my branding? Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't realize Macabre had the, Macabre had the patent on that already. <laughs> the, the House of Macabre will come find House you. Macabre. It's not a patent, it's a trademark. Oh, yeah. excuse me. See, the, that, Pat this is why I'm not a lawyer. That's there we okay. go. Mm-hmm. It's okay, Pat. The often sued, but very rarely litigated Pat Bordenov apologizes. <laughs> On air, so it's documented. It's, it's not new for these two, for these jokers. This uh, group, the Theodoro group, the Theodoro, the Theodoro group. It's just fun for me to say that. I'm an ass. <laughs> They've done this before. Um, they currently they currently have uh, trademarks filed for "No Sleep Till Brooklyn." On, just son. that phrase. Mm. Come on, son. Uh, it's a famous Beastie Boys uh, song. The lyric itself is notorious, but they don't have a trademark on it. So these cats. Legally, they're able to do it. Mm, Legally. So I can't Uh, start the No Sleep Till Brooklyn Coffee Company? You cannot, no. No, Late Night Cab Service is out. The uh, the chain of junk food re- of junk food restaurants uh, open till six a.m. <laughs> between the hours of two and six. Uh, the Zombie Cinderella, Brooklyn Islanders are two more that they have. Um, I'm not sure. The, the, I, I feel like I've heard those somewhere, and I'm not exactly sure where. But it sounds Zombie like Cinderella sounds a little familiar. Yeah. Brooklyn Islanders it sounds like an actual team. Well, Brooklyn Islanders to me sounds like something out of like y'all remember um, uh, Mutant League. Oh, my God. Yeah, an old Genesis game, Uh, an old cartoon series. Okay, so personal, quick personal Amy McCobb tangent here on the Mutant League. Mm -hmm. Um, The opening cartoon, the cartoon Mutant League, the opening sequence, the opening title sequence featured Mm -hmm. a part where, like, the ground opened up during a football game Mm -hmm. and toxic waste spewed and a guy's skin melted off his body. Mm -hmm. Uh, To this day, I have nightmares. From Bones Justice? No, that was his dad. Bones just was the son. You're his correct. dad is the one that was in the opening. Who so, got his skin melted? Because he was always yeah. Pops. Yeah. Gave you nightmares. Trust me, I know all dead. about. Don't don't mess with me in my nineties. No, 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 no one's, but, no one's debating your credit at all. I I'm will just, I'm to just, this day have nightmares. 
All right, I'm sorry. That's one of my favorite that, cartoon series. That cartoon that messed went, me up for life. It went like half a season. Has like four episodes. <laughs> but I remember me it into up for life. Well, that show for opening four opening credit sequences ruined you for the following four decades. <laughs> you know, on my deathbed, I'll be like, "Damn, well, it was that. It was that legit. I mean, come on now. The team names were like the Midway Monsters. The Screaming I Evils. I the Screaming no. Evils were my favorite. Yeah. Oh, Screaming Evils were ill. <laughs> I remember oh, they had the best insults, too. Where one cat lost the game, and the other dude turned to him and was like, Get yourself a pacifier, because, baby, you suck. I'm like, this is a kid's show. They're talking like this. Well, Brooklyn Islanders sounds like something like from there. So was, we'll see how that pan will up. Was Mutant League the video game, was it made by the same people who made Arch Rivals the video game? No, but it was in that, it was around that same time. In that same, okay. Yeah, Mutant League had two games. They had Mutant League Football, Mutant League Hockey, and they had planned to extend that out into a franchise. Gotcha. The whole you. thing kind of folded when no one really bought. F- football did okay. Okay enough for them to realize, let's put some more money into marketing, and we'll do the cartoon series. And now it's supposed to get cast pumped for hockey. Um, hockey didn't really sell that well and it kind of folded they were planning to move it to like the Dreamcast and then subsequently like the disc systems yo to this day I would love so much on the Xbox One a high def extra graphic Mortal Kombat esque football game be like NFL Extreme to the extreme dude if they brought back Arch Rivals with with amazing graphics now I'd Mm -hmm. I'd cop it Oh, I know know you would oh yeah I would but there's currently a couple of games on the Xbox One now that have those similar types of things. There's like Blood Bowl, uh, which is like a uh, 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 which is basically like a mutant league type game. Right. I downloaded. I haven't played it yet, but I know it was popular in the advertising stage. Then once it came out, it didn't get anywhere near the downloads it got, uh, the downloads they expected. So there's not necessarily a market for these types of things, unfortunately. And you said these things. Um, um, some of them came out on the Dreamcast. I remember. When we were seniors in high school in theater arts class. That's how long ago it was, kids. That's how old we are. On September 9th, 99, when Dreamcast came out, Uh I remember it was such a big deal. And I was like, yo, Pat, Dreamcast dropped today. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like that did not care. I was like, dude, this isn't like the new Sega console. Man, you like, gotta understand at that time I was all about the PlayStation. Yeah, I you had, were a PlayStation guy. Dude, so and I was the it dude. It took me this, a while to, you know, like eventually. Well, at this time I, w- I had also discovered bootlegging games and PlayStation right. could actually play burn games when Mod you got chips. that little yeah, you got that little overseas chip in there. Oh, Dreamcast was king on that though. Well, eventually, they, I didn't eventually. know that. I when I, I I had just gotten on PlayStation having that stuff, man. Right. This was after the summer where Tekken 3 was out. Oh, I remember Rated to Rumble Boxing 2 is where we really fell apart. Yeah. Because I, I played Rated to Rumble Boxing. I'm like, yo, this game is hilarious, man. You got these dudes. It's got this one dude with an afro, and you got this other dude who looks like Michael Jackson, and you got this other cat. Woo! <laughs> and then I, lo- I, I think I loaned you my copy, and you had played it on the Dreamcast first, which had PlayStation 2 graphics compared to my copy's PlayStation 1. All right. And I was like, yo, Billy, this game will change your life. Everyone was all about uh, Knockout Kings, which would eventually... Uh, become, become the Fight, Fight Night, Night series, yeah. yeah. So that's the level of boxing simulation we're talking about. And you, um, you see, I'm, I'm back on the thing. But um, ra- uh, Rumble, Ready to Rumble, was the first um, attempt at that in a more cartoony style. Right. So it still had like technique and train your fighter and stuff. But the characters were funny. They had catchphrases. They had funny designs. They had you know knockout animations. Like I mentioned, Michael Jackson with you know stamping the foot. And uh, anyways, make a long story short. I love that game. Loaned it to you. You were like, yo, the graphics is lame here, son. What you wasting my time for? Step off. And he punched me in the chest. 
You didn't do all that. <laughs> um, I actually did punch you in the chest. Yeah, man. Oh, that was probably for a different reason. Uh, it's this thing we did every day. He punches me in the chest. I give him my lunch money. That's how kids play. Um, back in the past. <laughs> but these going back to the actual news story, which we've gotten way off of. Right. Way That's off. all right. This was great. Uh, you yeah. know. Oh, Everyone knows what I'm afraid of now. Right. You you expose these things like every every time you're on the show. Don't do it's that. Zombies it's zombies and like people's skin melting off. That's the whole list. Yeah, what's to be scared of there? These were, I saw that on David the Gnome. So I don't know I don't know where you've got <laughs> the gnome. No. So so what happens when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, I, I hate that scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. The well, old, I think I can awesome deal scene. with it a little bit more emotionally because it's Nazis and I would love to see Nazi skin melt off, <laughs> but like if it's just like random people skin melting off, I'm pretty bummed. What about uh, Poltergeist when the guys in the freaks mirror? me out? Freaks oh, me out. That part's just gross in general. Freaks like, me just out. Peeling them and things. Yeah, these, I'm not these are okay iconic about this. face melting. Yeah, man, that, that and, movie and series made me afraid me to up. drink tequila, and I saw it when I was like four. <laughs> they heck like, me never, up good. Never. This dude, the worm goes in his mouth, and just like this badly. Uh, practice bad practical Mm-mm. effect. Oh. This is radio. No one has any idea what I'm talking about. No one can see <laughs> um, how I'm miming with my those, hand. Uh, for those at home, uh, Pat is wiggling his fingers in a strange <laughs> worm-like manner. That's the worst thing you've ever said. Pat's wiggling his finger at us. Like, what the? Someone, someone at home is listening like, what? I gotta write a letter. What's happening over there? Oh, Kanye is Oh, <laughs> I was like, I gotta meet this guy. Finger in the book. Okay, so um, I'm the Theodore. Is that a stinky pinky reference? Uh, no. This is a family show. No, it was at one point. Um, all right, so Robert Kirkman is still in uh, in um, legal conflagration with uh, the Theodore group. And dude, I'm kind of hoping that they win at least part of this case, mostly because Kirkman is. I understand he has every legal right, and I like the show, I like the comics, and I appreciate his work. Even met him and embarrassed myself in front of him. It was awesome. But now that um, he's holding so tight to the Walking Dead brand, uh, I would kind of like to see some other people take it on. Also because I was so disappointed in Fear the Walking Dead. I actually did not watch that. I'm not I'm not even caught up on the show yet. Eh, it's garbage. Uh, um, I will say it's... It, no, it's just garbage. But I would love to see a health food restaurant, mostly because I'd like to see what kind of menu they take on. Right. Walking yeah. Dead, I could see for a steakhouse, you know, some meat, some bar- <laughs> uh, Yo, you bring out a Brazilian barbecue place themed after The Walking Dead, they're bringing around hearts and, <laughs> and eyeballs and jaw bones oh, and oh. such. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh. But health food? Seriously? I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. They gotta have ideas. Dead veggies, man. Yeah. You know? Dude. It'll be all some sick joke. It's like we have greens. I'm like, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm shame on all of you. All right, Ugh, go out in there and get cheeseburger to spite him. No one has any idea what the hell I'm talking about. Okay, next news story. Um, okay, ironically enough, this is a more serious one about Sesame Street. Uh, yes. Yeah. What's going on right now is Sesame Street just unveiled Zari, a new Afghan puppet who will teach kids about. Uh, girl empowerment, social and emotional well-being, uh, those types of issues. This will first be announced uh, and introduced on the Afghan version of Sesame Street. If anyone knows how to pronounce this, help me out because I'm an American and I'm ignorant. But it's Bagh e Simsim. And I hope I got that right because we'll get letters and all types of stuff. <laughs> yep, you got it perfect. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our, our very own Afghan uh, correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this is big because it's a uh, Muppet on Sesame Street, though, who's really going to be a representative for this other culture, this alternate culture that we've had 
exponential <sighs> misunderstandings about right. over the past few years. Right. So it's perfectly reasonable to have this character on Sesame Street, and of course everyone's going nuts. I do have a question. Now, yeah. I think it's awesome that there's a character that's going to be wearing a hijab on the show, but has there ever... The hijab? Like, I, I thought of hijab. It's, it's a it's a, it's hijab. a hijab. Hijab. Um, okay, so, but, so it's a little I know. No, no, right. no, no, no. Her, why didn't you have my back on that one? <laughs> yeah, the first one, right? <laughs> <laughs> but has religion ever been a factor well, on, on the show? Yes and no. So there's been Christmas things, mm-hmm. which everyone oh, just takes for granted as true. being reli- non-religious. Yet it is, yeah, and I know there's been I know that there's been um, Judaism on Sesame Street. Oh, okay. there's also um, a, a, there is a show of Sesame Street that's not even the Israel. It's not the Israeli Sesame Street, but Shalom Sesame, which was actually um, a show that was a hybrid of Israeli Sesame Street slash um, like almost like Jewish Sesame Street that was meant for American audiences. So the Sesame Street diaspora has gone through this before. Awesome. But okay. it's not inherently religious oriented to have a character wearing a hijab. Because they're right. not going to show her being like, I at wear a hijab mosque. and I'm at a mosque. Right. It's going to be like, I wear a hijab and I'm eating ice cream. I wear a hijab and here's how you count to five. I like right. how Sesame and Street's always been better than that. They've always not relied on those exactly. types of obvious. Right. Exactly. Uh, She's just going to wear it casually as part of who she is. And that's mm-hmm. what's important, I think, for kids to see. No different than having characters of, you know, one of the things I've always loved about the Muppets, that they're all different colors. And yet Muppets sort of have some sort of strange Muppet ethnicity to them. Where you know do. what I mean? There's Certain blue, Muppets you pink, can kind of... Green see in different ethnic groups and I feel like that's something important to incorporate in the whole Muppety realm because you have the blue fuzzy monsters are they all related we don't know right right that would make uh, one of the most popular characters Elmo started off as Telly another character who was previously popular I love Uh, Telly Telly was uh, Elmo's uncle well still is but that would make that since uh, Telly was what purple he's kind of pinkish purple yeah and Elmo's uh, red like fire engine red, that would make them, I guess, interracial family. If you want to, if you want to tout it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, mind you, I am reaching like a mother. I keep, in this I thing, keep thinking of Grover, by the way. Grover, Grover was blue, a deep yeah. fuzzy blue. If he was related to anybody, it was that one guy who was like the straight man of every gag. He had the brown mustache, blue skin, well, blue. That's the one that Grover always drives crazy. Like Grover's basically messing with like his uh, his 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 play that. cousin. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> This is my grandnephew's. This is my cousin, brother's, uncle's, former roommate. But what really sucks, though, about getting back to the original topic is mm-hmm. that, of course, there's backlash. Yeah. And it's something so stupid because, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. they've done plenty of Christmas stuff on Sesame Street before. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the first thing people decry is, like, how dare you have this Muppet in a hijab? Why are we pushing religion down children's throats? And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are we pushing down religion? We're pushing religion down people's throats when it's not your religion well you right. know what the problem is those right there even though they're like wrong and way out of line are still not your opinion the no no i understand yep are still somewhat of a relevant topic most of the comments that i saw yeah. were immediately racist immediately of course like, like sexist and immediately they have no basis there's nothing what are you how are you going to shut down a new muppet how little joy do you right. have in your things, heart to shut down a new Muppet? Right. Yeah, find me something on this earth, in this day and age, more wholesome and unfettered, untainted than the Muppets. Well, to be fair, the okay, Muppets okay, okay. are racing. The Sesame Street. The Sesame Street Muppets, Sesame Street Muppets are wholesome. Yeah, I caught myself, but thank you for jumping on there. People forget that, well, now there's the new Muppet show, so people forget less, but originally the Muppets Muppet were adult-oriented. Was, yeah, it was dude, quite racy. It was all like, okay, there was, there was like key party gags. All right, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the level of humor <laughs> of the Muppets. Were there really? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, dude, we got to have a talk after the show. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, actually, my buddy Sean has part of this in his comedy routine. I want to play you a YouTube video. Yeah. But, um, yes, dude, some of the first comments I saw about uh, right right after finding out the story, I'm like, yo, this is freaking cool. We got to talk about this on the show. And immediately the comments, uh, there were the few on Twitter that were like, yeah, this is really good for, you know, cultural awareness. And I'm glad Sesame Street is tackling this. And then uh, the comments started in like, I'm glad Sesame Street is tackling this, too. I wonder how much they paid her father for her. What? Wow. You know, yeah. That's not even the right oh, ethnicity. No, like it's that's not. literally not even the right. Mm-hmm. Few a few of the other ones went on to went on to say I wonder like if you're if gonna so- be racist, at least be smart about it. Oh please. No I'm kidding. Don't be racist. <laughs> uh, I think I think the two are mutually. Yeah. I'm joking. Excluded. That that was the joke. <laughs> oh no, it's it, uh, they, That's they go, the joke. Uh, they go on to make references to Deep reference. <laughs> <laughs> they go on Oh yeah, uh, they go on to uh, make references to other kid shows that have had controversies in the same vein and try to use that to basically cut the legs out from under what this should be actually a pretty good achievement here um, including Thomas the Tank Engine which was the main one referenced over and over again so I made a point to emphasize it in the story here uh, not having black characters and I'm like first of all there was like one human person maybe two on Thomas the Tank Engine it was Sir Topham Hat and I think one other person at the train station and those were trains if you want to attach an ethnicity to them I think you're trying too hard to find racism in a kid's show. One was set in England, then they had, uh, when it was not no longer... Uh, uh, Shining Temptation? Uh, thank you. Shining Temptation. Featuring George Carlin. Featuring it was George Carlin. First Ringo. And yeah. First Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Oh, my yeah. God. And the that was the like, best. brought me back to, like... Yeah, take it in. Wow. And amongst Holy the little kids, um, there was... What's her name? Sherry? Shelly? There was, there was the, the lady, and one of the kids was black. Oh, but, yeah. But, yeah, conveniently ignored by anyone who wants to make a case against this, and then they bring this over to Sesame Street. People are always looking for something to hate. Right. Like, that's just a hard fact, and I'm, 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 I'm ashamed yep. that, it, that it, it's come to Sesame Street being the, uh, the target of this. But this is a story I wanted to bring to light. Um, I suggest anyone keep an eye out for Zari. I guess I'm, since I'm pronouncing everything wrong, I may be pronouncing that wrong, too, but her name is Z-A-R-I. New character on uh, on the Afghan Sesame Street, which I'm not going to try to pronounce again because I don't want to embarrass myself further. I will also say as we close out, though, Shalom Sesame Street. Does that not sound like uh, the special? Shalom Sesame is what I grew up watching. Okay, that sounds like uh, Mel Brooks' Broadway take on Sesame Street. Shalom Sesame is the one that's like basically pro-Israel propaganda that I grew up watching. It's propaganda? I say this with a little bit of nostalgic love. It's very much like pro-Israel propaganda. Oh, man. I grew up watching things. Kibby Ben Kaput. <laughs> Was that it's, a character name? Yeah, that... Kippy Ben Kaput. Wow. Kippy. Kippy Ben Kaput. I am I am so lost in all this. I Shut have up. never seen. And they would have Bert and Sesame Ernie, Street. and they only spoke Hebrew. Well, okay, that makes sense on a show called Shalom. Shalom, Sesame. yeah. But everyone else spoke English so that you would understand it. But then Bert and Ernie, they would just overdub Bert and Ernie sketches and oh, well, make obviously it Obviously, they had an agenda. Then that's what that's what that is. No, but it was very much like, here we are in beautiful Israel. Nothing bad happens in Israel. You should hang out what? with us. It's the best country ever. Look at this Arab child playing with the nine Israeli children. What about those Wheel guys out, that that Arab. And then it was like not the same show as Israeli Sesame Street. Wow. Well, that kind of brings me down. Oh, I'm um, sorry, friend. No, it's okay. Uh, but everyone show. should look up Kippy Ben Kaput because he's real cute. I think he's I think he's a hedgehog or a kidna or something. Mm-hmm. And mentioned porcupine. earlier, since, he's you, since you brought it up and we're in the religious realm, if you really want to know the true meaning of Christmas, you want to consult the He-Man Christmas special. Oh, 
Or if you want to learn the double plus meaning of Christmas, the Lobo Christmas special. There was, there was a He-Man Christmas <laughs> special. There was a He-Man Christmas special. He-Man and She-Ra. Earth kids end up on Eternia, and they... Te- Wait, what's up? Am I, am I my facts off? No, no, I'm just excited about something. You continue talking. I don't need to interrupt. Okay, well, the you... true meaning of Christmas, completely unrelated to this planet, these people, <laughs> and any of their religious leanings. As long as we're, as long as we're quickly plugging things about Christmas and the true meaning of yeah, Christmas, go for it, everyone go. with Netflix needs to do themselves a favor and watch Avengers Frostfight, uh, which is basically a cartoon, uh, it's quite ridiculous, featuring Loki versus Santa. I'm sorry, you want to say that again? Um, <laughs> Avengers Frostfight featuring the villain Loki trying to steal Santa's powers to take over the world. Wow. It's on Netflix now. Is oh. it an, it sounds it's like an animated, animated yeah. it's like one of those low-budget animated films. Loki uh, no, I, versus Santa Claus. I can't imagine why that, that didn't get the, 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 the highest of high... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Touchstone budget there. I think you broke her. I think I did. Well, if you want to go in that in that in that vein, since we're doing this now, also want to recommend recommend uh, if you can find it, which you probably can on Retro Drunk, an episode of Xena Warrior Princess, oh where she God. and Gabrielle come across a friendly settler in a town uh, known as Syntocles. Who That's delivers my toys favorite. to children? My yet favorite. the parents don't want this guy influencing this 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 friendly peacemonger influencing the children of the town. <laughs> so they attack him and try to kill him. He enlists the help of Zeta and Gabrielle to <laughs> to allow Syntocles to win the battle and then deliver his toys to children on the one night he and his short friends are free to do so. Pat, I think this is shaping up to make us do a Christmas in July oh. special this summer. Oh no, uh, it's, it's going to happen apparently. I think we're going to have to do an off-season Christmas show review oh, Christmas be in July. Keep your eyes appealed out there, people in the radio land. It goes down. Was Hercules on that episode too? Hercules, Hercules was not in that episode. He should have okay. been on the episode. Um, and if he popped up, he would He was also like, at Super Mega yeah. Fest, by the way. Hercules? Yeah. Oh, man. We'll get to that later. All right. Hercules. 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 All right. Um, dude, uh, look for the new... We've gotten so far. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think the new story's over anyways. I'm going to edit that part out because that was... Syntocles has no place on Sesame Street. That is... <laughs> okay. Now, dig this. Um, I want to hear about uh, a game available on Steam right now. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stepping on toes here. I want to hear about a game that's the follow-up expansion to a game currently available. Johnny, you have the lowdown yep. on Punch Club. Is this correct? I do. Cool. Uh, so Punch Club is a game. It's available on Linux, uh, Steam, PC, and on iOS. Awesome review. Thank you for that. Now, I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding <laughs> and uh, it's basically, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers an uh, old uh, franchise called, um, uh, what was it called? Monster Rancher. Oh hell yeah! Who does not remember yeah. Monster I'm, Rancher? Just, just checking. That's the best, just the best checking. game and cartoon series. Uh, so it's, oh, okay, okay, maybe not, not, maybe not the best. <laughs> it was a cartoon series. <laughs> it existed. So, <laughs> so you're basically uh, controlling this one boxer uh, fighter uh, guy, and you're training him and sort of managing, micromanaging his life. You know, telling them to go eat, telling them to go train, telling them to go work to earn money. And you have like this little uh, mini cycle of, of sort of controlling this guy's life to make him a better fighter. And then you go out and fight either professionally in a, in a more um, a regular style boxing ring or fighting uh, in a warehouse and like this, this sort of shady uh, 
side of the fighting community. Uh, and by the way, this game is called Punch Club, so it's in reference to Fight Club. Gotcha. Pretty, wait, wait, wait! You obvious. do not make direct references <laughs> to Punch Club. Uh, okay. Oh, th- that's why it's called. Well, no. The second rule is you do not. <laughs> you mean you mean Fight Club or Punch Club? What's Fight Club? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. There, there was no soap in this, though. At least, at least I'm not. I tried looking for soap. I couldn't find it. Oh man, they probably work with hand sanitizers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you have to you have to feed your boxer, and and the big management in this uh, game is time. You're working against time every single day that you're. Uh, sort of planning out your daily activities of training and working and keeping your your fighter happy. Um, you have to worry about the amount of time that you're investing in it because at the end of the day, your stats take a major hit. Uh, nothing more I like in a video game than effective time management and scheduling. Yeah, That's why I loved uh, Wall Street Kid growing up. Lord knows that was a great game for Nintendo. Oh man, that sounds like a horrible childhood. I'm sorry. <laughs> so... So what it boils down to is a game where you're uh, trying to figure out the most optimal way to raise the stats of your character in order uh, for it to uh, beat the next set of fighters that are lined up uh, and move on to more difficult fighters and more difficult challenges. It's it's a once you realize what the loop is, it's pretty simple. It uh, and it it seems like it requires too much of you. Uh, time-wise, uh, because you really have to put in the effort to sort of plan out this optimal path. And uh, if you try doing things like uh, making a lot of money, so just going to work, making your fighter just absolutely unhappy, they're, they have no muscle or, or, or stamina at all, they're just working all day. A real 90-pound weakling right. getting sand kicked in his face. Right. But you're making a ton of money while doing this, you're, you're hoping at least... But uh, the game penalizes you for doing something like that by focusing hard on just earning lots of money by having your fighter get jumped. And because they're so weak, because they've been spending all their time uh, working, they end up losing half of their money that they're currently carrying. And there's no way to, like, stash it away or anything like that. So Dang, it, man. Games shouldn't have these kind of, like, hard life lessons. That's, that's, like, uh, that's it's, like, it's like, in this game, hey, kids, try cocaine. Like, what? No. <laughs> All right, well, wait, wait, okay. I, I got I to know. I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to know, where does the dead cat come into play? The <laughs> so, so you do have a cat in your house. You also have, like, fish and, and other stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't think I got to the point where the cat was dead. I've never seen my cat die. What? My cat was just chilling there. Oh, dude, that was all over the trailers. It was like the start of a Dolph Lundgren movie. They killed my cat. Now they must pay. <laughs> oh, you, you might be talking about the opening cinematic for that, but the opening... Cin- so, the, this sort of DLC part of it mm-hmm. I it's essentially like free DLC for the game it's like a free expansion yeah. that's a uh, released uh, so it's an upgrade to all people who have previously owned it and what it is is like this little side quest adventure thing that you can go on there's like the suitcase you can go up to the suitcase and you end up being like this superhero uh, called the Dark Fist and you go around and you basically do the same thing they do everywhere else in the game you just fight people Okay, and, so they're, and so save the day. But if your you... stats isn't high enough, you lose and you get major penalties and you have to repeat the cycle of climbing back up to getting your fighter up to shape again. Wait, how am I a, a superhero boxer fighting regular boxers yet I can still get <laughs> taken out like Glass Joe? <laughs> uh, there's nothing super about you. you. You're just vigilante. What? 
that's it. There's nothing special. You have a suitcase that yeah. tells you where to go, and You're that's just it. a guy with a lot of feelings, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting oh. like flashbacks of ambush bug all of a sudden. Yes, <laughs> lots of feeling because your your father dies. Spoilers at the very beginning of the opening sequence. I'm confused as to and what eighties movie they're going for here. You witness. It. I, I think it's like a Batman type of thing, like like. The first Batman movie with uh, Tim Burton and all that. Alright, so it because, sounds very disjointed. What was your experience actually playing in the game? It's uh, fun to check out, but um, and it's definitely fun to play, but after a while, it becomes uh, a grueling slog. Just to, just to try to get to new parts of the game. You can sort of purchase things and, and sort of reach these points where uh, you won't be taken... Uh, you you won't be penalized uh, before then, so you could sort of like set these thresholds where okay, this is the new bar, the new minimum level that you know if, if crap hits the fan, I won't be pushed back uh, this far away. Okay, that's I guess very um, poor incentive, but <laughs> okay overall though. Yeah, none I mean, of this is making me want to play this game. If, if anything, it's making it's feeling more like homework than a video game, dude, or, or maybe even punishment. For, for, for doing badly in a better video game, how would how did you actually find this stuff? It it was it got really popular um, uh, in like the beginning of January because what happened was uh, they released the game in on a on a Friday on Steam and it stood at the top of the page mm-hmm. uh, and a bunch of streamers for whatever reason they just latched onto this game and they all started streaming it uh, because it just came out. And I guess the developers or whatever, they sent uh, free codes to a bunch of popular streamers, uh, Twitch streamers and whatnot. Well, and no, they in all... all... Friends, if I was one of these dudes and I saw a game, something called Punch Club. Yeah, look, I'll right watch a cute boy play anything, but I don't know if that says it's a good game. Yeah, and then the uh, developers sent them pictures of their boners. I mean, dude, it's win-win. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good. It's not great or anything like that. Like, it's it's... It's good enough where you'll have some fun, but it won't keep your uh, unless you're you have nothing else to do with your time. Mm-hmm. It definitely won't keep your attention. All right, but you did have a good time playing this. Yeah. Just not you wouldn't replay it. No, definitely not. Okay, so officially seal of approval, yes no. Um for, <laughs> so I ha- I didn't play it I didn't play it on iOS. So here's the big kicker. Yeah. Uh, if you get it on PC, it's ten dollars. If you get it on iOS, it's only five. Mm. So you can get the game half off on iOS. I don't. The way the game is is played, it's all point and click with the mouse, so it's like adventurey. So you don't even need to worry about like Twitch reflexes or anything like that. So playing it on iOS is probably going to be more ideal than playing it on PC. Oh, okay. So you heard the man. If you find the uh, the uh, iOS code, or maybe even maybe maybe even, but to a lesser degree, uh, the Steam key uh, written on a bathroom wall somewhere, go for it. If not, feel free to pass. Thank you, Johnny. That was depressing. Yep. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I expected I expected more like action orient orientation from uh, from a game called um, uh, Punch Club. You've given it your middle level. They they can't public. see that. I, no, uh, was, uh, no, that was a that was a note for for co- coordinating other things. Uh, coordinating chords. Yes, coordinating right. chords. Right, I thought you, it was accompanying the review. <laughs> right, no, 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 no. Speaking of coverage, though, yeah, which was, I want to hear low down on a recent event, Anime yes. Boston. Anime right Boston here in Boston. Amy, you All got right. the inside stuff. So here's my inside scoop on Anime Boston. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're thinking over there, man. Mm, what do you? So 
Anime Boston has been one of my favorite conventions, not just because it's the hometown hero, but also it's one of the larger ones on the East Coast. Great cosplay turnout, everything. Mm-hmm. There's been a big disconnect between the Heinz Convention Center staff and the event itself lately. And this year, similar to last year, but worse than ever, there was a lot of problems with the staff and getting into the Heinz Convention Center. Just mm. actual This admission. is a convention center staff. This is no shade on Anime Boston itself. Mm. They tried to handle things as best as possible. But this year they had um, metal detectors, which is because of two yahoos who went to the Pokemon yes. tournament and decided to show off their automatic weapons. For the record, uh, these were two morons that weren't going to go there and shoot it up. They just wanted to show off their stupid guns in their stupid hotel room. Always a so, good idea. We'll walk into a yeah. large public display yeah, area. Yeah, they're morons. Yeah. So because of that, everything's been real hunkered down in the anime, in the convention circuit here in Boston. Mm-hmm. So the problem was that the metal detectors were at both locations, the both entrances. But if you came in through the Sheridan side, <gasps> the people running it were just absolute monsters. Like, they were making people take off pieces of their cosplay to go through. People were coming in saying, like, hey, this is, you know, I'm all but sewn into this. I can't take this off. Mm-hmm. And they weren't letting people in. And if you went in the front, I breezed through multiple times that day. Really? And it, it was the same, you know, it's not even about the wait time. It's just disparities in the way the staff. The convention itself, once you were finally inside, if you were lucky enough to get in, also real quick, there was a uh, graveyard of props. So there was this big cardboard box when you first walked in, mm-hmm. and it was all of the different props and weapons and blades and et cetera that were being confiscated by staff. And my problem was that there did not seem to be any labeling or ticketing system on these items. They were just in a big box. What if you made a big, uh, you know, gunbuster rifle or something? You came in, you're like, oh, I'm bringing this giant thing. I'm bringing a big sword. I'm bringing in a big, you know, whatever. I have a big lightsaber that has something on it that you won't let me bring in. They were like, oh, we'll put it in this box. and You can get it on your way out. What's stopping someone from being like, yeah, that's my keyblade? Damn. And it just, it seemed very disorganized. But once you were in... um, I feel like things were run a bit better than last year. For those who don't recall, I run a panel called Girls Guide to Hentai. I did not bother putting it on the this year's um, scheduling because last year they put it at 8.30 p.m. 8.30. That's, That's little, very early, early for, hentai. for a hentai panel. But it did seem like their scheduling was significantly better this year. They had a bunch of stuff from Faku that was later at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crunchyroll seemed to be sponsoring the con, so they had a lot of like best of panels. I only att- had time to attend one panel, which was on um, gender expression and gender identity in cosplay, and it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a really great panel. And I feel like the convention overall, however, they put some things in weird places. Like they had autographs and the manga leading library were on the third floor of the Sheridan. And especially given the difficulties of entering the Heinz again, I feel like people weren't really utilizing or attending certain things just for the sake of the fact that you couldn't really get back in. Hmm. So Anime Boston, I feel, needs to kind of step up in the space, utilize the space a little bit better. Or unfortunately, I, I don't know how long their contract lasts or even where else they could possibly go in this area. But it's just getting too big for its britches there because, I mean, Saturday or was it Friday? I don't remember which day it was. It was pouring rain. Hmm. I want to say it was Friday. And I was stuck outside in that rain for about an hour. Oh. I mean, I was fine. My cosplay had a coat. I was pretty okay. But I saw this one girl dressed as Harley Quinn from the new uh, Suicide Squad movie. And she, for lack of a better term, she her skin melted off. Nice. 
Ouch. Nice. And I know how you feel about, you feel about skin melting. That must have been yeah. a nightmare um, for you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it all, but I, don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean to laugh at her pain. No, but it I'm does just, suck I'm just, I'm just to watch these the... cosplayers. It's no one's fault that they had to be out in the rain, but because of how poorly handled getting yep. into the convention was, there shouldn't be an hour wait outside in March. No, not at all. It, especially, it especially, especially seeing like um, what a lot of anime cosplayers choose to, use, uh, exactly. choose to dress as. It's, I mean, they're half naked. I mean, I mean God and, bless, and then, then, they're, then they're in the rain, all wet and glistening and slippery and supple. It was just unfortunate and and, and, and tender and pinchable. I, I know it <laughs> and, took and away. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Pause. I'm I'm, I'm in yeah. my head right now. Okay, we're in your head. Oh, okay, go supple, ahead. Supple, nubile. Continue. Thank you. I, I, I just needed a moment. I so I guess. It, it, oh no! Um, um, 30, uh, 30, uh, 36, 24, uh, 36. I was yeah. no. I was just curious on what the name of the venue that's near. Um, it's near the waterfront. Okay, uh, so that's World the Trade? Boston Convention Center. Oh, okay. Or do you mean the um the, the one, one that has like the, the one where Pax mini- East is? Yep. Yeah. yeah. The World Trade yeah. Center there. The WC. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like the mini and um uh John Hancock thing. Yeah. The the problem with those venues is I think also cost and also logistics. They're not as downtown and central as as the Heinz Convention Center is. Yeah. That building What's, itself might be a little bit too big yeah. for. Uh, we underestimate, Boston. like, Anime oh, Boston really? seems super huge because it's in a space that's a little bit too small for it. Gotcha. But, you know, it's like having, like, a fish or a snake or something. Yeah. You know, you put it in a huge tank, and then it looks tiny. Gotcha. Well, so. here's, a, here's, a, here's a legit question that I'm, I'm uh, you might know mm-hmm. better than I would because you know, you actually know uh, people who put these uh, conventions on. Um, they used to have Boston uh, the Boston Comic Con, right next to that building. Yes. In the uh, in the Westin there. Yeah. They have they have a convention space. Yeah. That no one really uses anymore. Do you know why they don't move I or why they haven't even considered? Couldn't tell you. Anime Boston? No. Never? Couldn't tell you. Oh man. I don't have that much of an inside scoop. I only my friend was the programming director, so I don't know too much of the ins and outs. But okay. Uh, all right. My well, main I'm thing on Anime right. Boston is. I'm sorry, my friend is only the program director. Former. So. Uh, he's now the the daddy. Made a baby, so my friend is only busy. the big, yeah, the big, big daddy, big daddy, and <laughs> my boss didn't know. Uh, my friend Lou, uh, hi Lou, if you're listening. Oh, Albino, uh, he, has nice, he has a nice baby. <laughs> I did meet. Uh, convention aside, I did meet Captain Lou. You met the original at, Mario, no way. I sure did, and I met uh, the Iron Sheik at that convention too. It was Big Apple Comic Con 2006, uh, and Iron I think Sheik I've shown you. Mogul, I think I've shown you. I have a Polaroid picture of me and the Iron Sheik I've in never 2006. Seen this. No, um, I would remember that. I will show you this, friend. Uh, Iron Sheik ended up going on a screaming rant while I was holding the championship belt next to him to take Hulk a picture. Hogan's raisin balls and I'm literally holding this giant heavy belt on me, nice. and he is screaming at some assistant, like just out of view, and it was <laughs> quite the experience. But um, I don't know if uh, is this when I'm supposed to talk about my Super Mega Fest too? Should I be doing? Um, no, no, no. We'll yeah. save Super Mega we'll save Fest. Save Super for Mega the... Fest. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, quick interjection: Super Mega Fest, though, real quick. Uh, I saw Ric Flair as discussed. Oh, you killed And me. I just uh, I didn't Killing get to me. like talk to him or anything, but my friend Lilith and I wooed at him. Very ambitious, woo! And he just looks at us and goes, woo. In all fairness, though, poor man. How many times did he have to woo this weekend? <laughs> You're like woo number four hundred eighty-seven. He's just like, uh, woo. He's all beat red by the time y'all come by. He can't get the hand up. He can't strut. The fur coat's all hot. But yeah, and I mean, Boston's a great con. Uh, I do recommend Anime Boston if you're local. I know everybody's everybody's having a good laugh. I'm trying to work the, that. The blonde wigs slide their legs. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, all right, okay, all right, all right. 
this 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 one no time. No disrespect to you, Nature Boy. No, 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 no. We're all fans with wives. One the the, the Nature Grandpa by this time. Oh, one time for respect for for Rick Flick, we get a, a, a collective geek down. Woo! All right, thank you. Sorry. Uh, no, that's good. That makes me happy. That's good. All right, all right. So that was Amy McCobb with the uh, with the report on. Yeah. I'm in conclusion, go to Anime Boston. It's a good one, but be prepared to wait in line. It's not Anime Boston's fault. It is the Heinz Convention Center. Yeah, in, in, and in, and the uh, dumb people that decide to bring stupid stuff to big events. Yes, well, you look into true. it. Two well, idiots brought their in, giant guns. They were real in, dumb. Dude, in, that story was moronicism. And they came from outside of Mass. Yeah, they were yeah, not from Massachusetts. I think they were from like the Midwest or something. Yeah. Um, but in relation to the venue, I mean, um, I'm I'm a runner, so I I run the BA um, like races like um, uh, throughout the year and stuff. And after the marathon bombing, which which the Heinz Convention Center is on Boylston Street, that is so I true. can I can understand the level of. Uh, preparedness that they might feel that they would need to have but at the mm. same time it's like I don't know anybody that would want to do it at the exact same place twice yeah. especially if they know there's going to be a level of security but I remember the year after the marathon bombing I went I we, ran we, the, we were there dude we were there but the year after I ran the 5k again okay. so the, so I tried to go to the expo which is always like this Friday is going to be the expo for for the marathon, mm-hmm. but oh. it, but it also coincides with the five k and stuff like that because the five k is the Saturday, so my race is the Saturday. Mm-hmm. But I remember I had no interest in going because it was a zoo just to get into the building. Yeah, it was like so much security uh, that, that it would it just totally discouraged that, me. That happened with Pax East. Oh come on, man! And immediately afterwards, all the future Pax East ever since has done like major bag checks yeah it's like it's just like relax yo like i mean i understand people need to be careful but at the same time it's like what's gonna stop anybody from doing it anywhere else yeah this is true man but i understand the 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 extra paranoia just because when it's fresh in the mind like that people aren't necessarily thinking straight you know yeah no yeah that's true yeah all right. Well, we're nearing the end of our time here. We're gonna close. Well, I'm gonna close out real quick with the comic review. Something I got to check out. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really digging the opportunity to check out more indie comics and lesser known uh, labels because there's only so much I can talk about. Batman, Ninja Turtles, Facing Down, Shredder, and you know, Punk and the Penguin. Even though that was an awesome story, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but uh, last week I got to check out a new title, which is kind of interesting. It seemed very straightforward uh, when you start out. And then it took an interesting twist. Um, it's called Power Lines. A uh, new title out from Image. They're up to uh, issue four, I believe, if you get it digitally. Mm-hmm. Issue two, if you get the hard copies. But, well, wait, let me just read the, uh, the synopsis here. <clears throat> a local street hood surviving in a crime-infested ghetto has his life turned around when an ancient magic grants him superhuman powers. Except his ability only activates in an upscale white community that may not accept him. Gritty, racially charged, streetwise drama. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. First of all, I'm just going to say right now, I'm recommending this. Uh, the book Power Lines is by uh, Jimmy Robinson, art by Jimmy Robinson, and it's published by Image. So this is one of the few new, newly released creator written and illustrated titles. The writing, I'll, I'll just come out and say it, it's kind of generic. Mm-hmm. Like the way the story plays out, we got some thugs riding in a car and they're like, yo, we got to make a name for ourselves. We got to do this thing. It's like, we're going to rob somebody now. We're going to tag a specific neighborhood and do the thing. I'm like, okay, cool. I see this. And the way the cat's trying to write is 
He's trying to write, uh, yo, you traditional? Yeah, I'm trying to write straight for certain caps. But then as I see each individual character's dialogue, each one has their own way of speaking. So it's mm. really, it's coherent enough to know different people speak different ways. So I like that touch. It shows that the writer, one, is paying attention, and two, is experienced in this. This isn't someone who's, like, yeah. faking the funk. One of my biggest beefs is with Jeff Johns, who's very popular, mm-hmm. but anytime he writes an ethnic person... They're all the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they're black, they're not American, they sound Jamaican, you know? If they're mm. Latin, they automatically sound Mexican, even if they're for, for like, proper Spanish. Uh, this doesn't display that, which is pretty rare, and in itself enough motivation for checking out a book at the very least to see how the writer does when they're a little more capable in that realm where this book really got me is when the story kind of harps on where the powers came from there's a history lesson which starts off interesting and get and then gets too deep up its own ass where it's like it's a native american historical power it's been used to influence societies and wars and then when the native americans were pushed off their land by american settlers and then they were forced on reservations but the reservations allowed them the power and then the wars came and i'm like i'm on the back in social studies let me read the book what's going on i promise some powers here and it goes in the story of the hoods and i'm like this is going from like the promise of the Matrix leading into Matrix revolutions. You know, mm. it's, it's like it's like, uh, it's like yo, you you had me with something good, and then you got too Kinda into got, yourself. Yeah. I'm still not yeah. over that heartbreak. Uh, with this story, we find out that the dude's powers don't activate until he's in this very specific area, this very specific realm. That's where these quote unquote power lines are, and they don't just affect him. In the story, we find out these are hoods. This is this is in their neighborhood. Racist folks actually see them, and then some of them are imbued with the power too. Uh-oh. And then you have someone talking about, "Why don't you go back to your own country? Why don't you get off my property? I'm gonna call. You came to steal a purse, didn't you? I bet you, 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 you got a gun on you, things like that. Pull your pants up with your loud rap music." And then she fires an eye beam, you know, from from her ocular cavity. And I'm just like, "What <laughs> the hell kind of twist did this take?" And she's like, "Yo, racist superheroes. Who saw that coming?" That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's like. Certain people, not everyone, but anyone can have this power. It's uh, limited to this one area, but people are going to come there with the promise of great power, with, you know, it being imbued into me. That point of view, that damn it, that story point, thank you, right. is enough to make me want to read more. That's very interesting. Yeah, I'd yeah, like to see how they tackle this because normally it's all like, you know, they're, it's cut and dried. They're good and they want to do good things with their powers or they're evil and they want to do sinister things with their powers. This is just they're low-level criminals and they're dicks. Some of them want to go to college. Some of them say, you know, uh, you don't have a fourth-grade education because you're, 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 you're brown, you know. So I want to see how they'll take it, especially now in this time in America that's uh, racially charged. Very much so. Include like right down to the presidential campaign and videos going off about one of my favorites is this dude who's part of the free hugs campaign. Oh, yeah. uh, Going to the Trump rally. And not posing any kind of agenda. Oh, you know how they have those cats who have those free hug videos. They just stand in like a town square with a sign and a blind. They put a blindfold on. They say, you know, free hugs offered. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yep. A dude did that at the Trump rally at a Trump rally. But he was black, and most of the reactions weren't. Yeah, I want to give you hugs. Most of the actions reactions were, "Who are you voting for? Tell me right now." And then a few of them were, "Why don't you go back to the hood and give them free hugs there?" And I'm just like, "Oh, it got serious? worse than that. It got much worse." Yeah, he got punched yeah. in the face. He got yeah. punched in the face. Mm-hmm. He got punched he got in the face. Blood streaming down his face. Blindfolded. He got punched in the face. Punched in the face. Yep. I don't know, he wasn't blindfolded. No, though. he was blindfolded in some of them. I don't think. Yeah, you're. I didn't see the punch in the face. I know of it, but okay, he probably. Wasn't I've blindfolded seen there, there were then, pictures of him being escorted out. Blood dripping down his face. Yeah, th- then then on that same video, he'd go to Bernie Sanders rallies, and it would just be night and day. The comparison, just he's getting nothing but nonstop hugs all over the place. And this is the perfect time for a book like this to come out because a lot of like really good social commentary can come from this. I'm highly recommending this, at least so far as I've read. Mind you, I do have those earlier complaints, but the art 
it's not stellar, but it works for this type of book. Okay. The writing definitely works for it, especially because it's owner, it's a, it's a creator written and illustrated. Uh, this dude's going to have the best sense as to how these things will combine and possibly be received. Uh, it's called Powerlined. It's out uh, from Image Comics right now. Uh, it's by Jimmy Robinson. Um, I recommend anyone check it out at least for the for, give it uh, six issues and we'll see how it pans out. I may want to come back and do a follow up to this once it's a little farther out uh, in, in, in deeper into the story. But dude, so far I'm jazzed, man. Power lines, check it out. I'm gonna check it out. No, it sounds awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, we are nearing <clears throat> the end of our uh, time here at uh, on the Geek Down. Um, real quick, uh, in our last couple of minutes, I want to touch on one final news story just because this was this was kind of funny, man. Um, this affected me. This affected you? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. In the this. worst way. Uh, Microsoft Windows 10 update notification takes over Japanese Fashion Week uh, digital billboard. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. Like, they had those huge <laughs> digital billboards, like, in Times Square and stuff. That Well, one was advertising Fashion Week in Japan. Um, now, r- while running the, uh, the, uh, the advertisement, now Japan's uh, version is building-wide. So in Times Square, we have the one that covers one part of the square in Japan. Right. This thing covers an entire building or an entire side of a building. And um, they were running it off of an unupdated Windows OS. Oh, it's running Windows 7 or Windows 8. But the OS controlling the presentation, the fashion presentation, suddenly displayed a 100-foot <laughs> update the Windows 10 pop-up. So good. Of what? Update the Windows yeah. 10. You use, like, the fused Windows uh, Oh, it's, it's awful. So, so, if you're running, awesome. uh, so if you're running Windows 7 or Windows 8, mm-hmm. every day... When you're when you log onto your system, you'll get a pop up, a big giant window pop up that says "Upgrade to Windows 10 today." Yeah. Hey, Jackhole, why this, haven't you updated? Hey, fool, you updated yet? Hey, son, use my yeah, system update. Yeah. <laughs> Better get yours. All the cool kids are doing it. Oh, well, but that's not the worst part. The worst part is that for some systems, it'll actually update without you, yeah. without you doing anything at all. That happened to me. Oh, it update it upgraded my operating system to Windows 10. And it went through the whole thing, and then when it went to the license agreement, you can then deny the license agreement for Windows 10, and that will say, oh, if you're denying it, then I guess that means we have to undo this Windows 10 installation, so you can go back to your original one, but it's going to take a while, and we're holding all your data hostage, and I'm like, Nine extra steps, and then two hours of your time, and then your firstborn child is... Reparations. Messed up. Yeah, well, this happened, and it was very public, uh, Japan... Uh, the Japanese consumers have been just roasting it all over the land, <laughs> basing the suckers. And I'm, I, for what, yo, I'm happy about this. This the, 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 the pushiness has been um, under scrutiny for a long time, and now, I mean, this was a very public, uh, the very embarrassed Japan, the home of technological advances, and they're just up in their face, like, look, all right, upgrade or else, or else what. Or else that right there, or else random themes come off in the background. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, this has brought the um, basically their muscling of Windows 10 on everybody to uh, to a head, and hopefully they'll reconsider some of their practices. I just thought this was a funny story to kind of bring up and go. Out <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> to to uh, be fair, the upgrade is free. Oh well, uh, so. then of course. I mean, naturally. I just cool. like the fair. idea of like all these fashion bloggers and everyone waiting for like this whole big event, and then suddenly they're like, looking up eagerly at this billboard, and it's like upgraded Windows Ten. Oh, See, love is, it. Uh, this is how you do advertising. That's right? this, yeah, exactly. the dystopian future it. is now. Exactly. It doesn't make people rush to Linux. That's hilarious. Warren Ellis was right. The smiler cometh. Oh. Boy. 
Alright, this has been the Geek Down here on <laughs> WEMF Radio. Catch us every Monday night right here on WEMFRadio.com, 9 p.m. And also want to remind you, the Geek Down is brought to you by 320 Entertainment. You know, check them out. Uh, odds are most of the concerts you've been at recently have been thrown by 310, the club nights. They throw awesome events, good things happening. 320 Entertainment, we appreciate them. You should too. Hit them up. And also, Out of the Blue Gallery. I want to thank them for sponsoring the Geek Down and want to remind you to check them out right here in lovely Cambridge, Massachusetts, where it never rains or snows except every day and other day <laughs> in our existence. But Out of the Blue Gallery, uh, they run uh, gallery the openings. They run burlesque shows. They run, dude, they support local artists. You can find local clothing noise manufacturers bands. there. Yeah, dude, mm-hmm. awesome stuff where else goes down. You see a noise show? It's really cool to walk by and know that a show is going on in there. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Every time. Man. It's always like, uh, Love cool lights going off. And it was a blockbuster. It was a blockbuster. And it used to be a yeah. blockbuster video. So yeah. just go in there for a nice sense of irony. Check them out at outoftheblueGallery.com <laughs> or uh, hit them up if you're local to uh, Cambridge Mass. They're right on Mass Ave 541. And, and there's always a big, gigantic a husky dog outside of it. Yeah, dude. That's, that's, okay, they have, they, have, they have a bear disguised as a dog. Exactly. In that place. That thing is a... That thing is a, is a creature of lore. <laughs> that that thing's Tom's dire wolf. Yeah, seriously, man. That, that, it's a nice dog. Oh man, <laughs> it's frightens, it frightens the hell out of it's me. It's huge. Sorry. It's it's enormous. I'm not a small man. But it's the man. calmest dog. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm, I'm like the side of its hind leg. <laughs> or I'm hoping that was its leg. All right. So if you heard anything on the show you want to chime in on or complain about or, you know, just lay in or weigh in, you can hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Also want to remind you to hit us up at geek-down.com for the latest news and reviews and all that good stuff we cover on the show and a lot of stuff we don't cover on the show. Also want to remind you all to come back and hit us up. Well, hit us up and check us out. Join us for another episode of the Geek Down right here on WEMFradio.com. Every Monday night, 9 p.m., and other rebroadcasts like that there. Where on WEMFradio.com. Oh, that sounded <laughs> sexy. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to thank Ava McCobb. Thank you. Just Johnny. Yep. And filling in for Black Adam, what's my homeboy, Kaiser Soze? Yeah, what a pet. I'm happy, man. <laughs> and also appreciate the man who was the no- newest addition and the newest but not the least, DJ Herb. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for joining us. And want to remind you all, catch us right here on WEMF next week. Until next week, same bad time, same bad channel, and you all be excellent to each other.